friends. Welcome to another episode of the 10 Laws Podcast with East Forest. I am Mr. Forrest. And this week, I have a great conversation with my dear sweetheart, Marissa Rada Wepner. We just got back from the Ramdas retreat, and uh, we're actually talking about our whole tour situation over to Europe because there's so many, there's always so many stories. And we like to like remember and, and do it while it's fresh. And uh, so that's exactly what we did. Um, but before I do that, I just want to let you know that we just announced a date for November 7th in Los Angeles. I'm going to be p- playing at Pico Union Project, and Mary M's going to guest into the live set and do some amazing, she's got an amazing voice. So if you're around LA or would like to come, the tickets are now on sale. This show will not be Lie Down. It would be like kind of a traditional show, uh, but I, I'm just, which is great. <laughs> I'm really excited to share this space with you. And it's in celebration for the release of Music for the Deck of the Titanic. That is my new studio record, which will be coming out uh, that same week. So, yes, check it out, eastforce.org slash tickets. And we've got a few other things announced up there, including uh, the Esalen retreat that's coming up next week. Still some spots if you want to go to that. Uh, it's in early September, the 4th through the 8th. And then we just, of course, have our Esalen retreat in December. That is uh, just uh, Rada's and myself, our little retreat. And that is in the middle of December, in addition to a few other things up there. So again, eastforest.org slash tour. And thank you so much to some new signups over on the council on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash eastforest is the place to check it out, where I get to share like new songs before they come out or demos that never get released or uh, anything else, including our monthly Zoom council for our council members. But... I did want to say thank you so much to some, some folks who have signed up recently uh, since August. Peter, Narada, Aviad, uh, JD, Jamie, especially Jamie and Penelope who did the new like yearly function where you can sign up for an entire year. Thank you so much to both of you and Peter. Uh, go check it out. Patreon.com slash East Forest. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you su- for supporting the project in general. Everyone over there and everyone who supports in any way it's just a way to help keep this all sustainable so that i can keep doing things and having conversations and being in relationship with each other listening and walking our walk together a couple other things that need to be noted at the end of this podcast we talk about a tour that might be happening or not and that i would let you know in the intro what's going on so Basically, we were unable to put the entire uh, tour together, and right now we're just doing that L.A. date on November 7th. Uh, There will be some others, but we just haven't been able to announce when those will be, perhaps early next year, or we'll see when we can can fit that stuff in. Uh, But I just wanted to clarify that. And at the Ramdas retreat, I did a live... They live-streamed my performance there, which had a lot of Ramdas words and music and improvisations including a new Ramdas sample I was playing around with. But if you want to hear that performance, it's currently on my YouTube page. It's under like the live section. And uh, the whole, I think I think it ended up being exactly 100, one hour, eight minutes, of course, which to me was quite fitting. And you might enjoy that if you're into that kind of thing. And lastly, for my friends in Boise, Idaho, there are just two events I want to let you know about. Shane Moss, the comedian, I'm going to see him tonight for dinner. He's on tour, actually, more than just Boise. 
but check he's got a really great tour so he's going to be playing or performing tomorrow uh August 30th Wednesday in Boise and check out his entire tour I'll put the uh the link in the show notes and then my friend Devin and the Duck Club are putting on something called Mindful that's going to be an amazing sort of dance electronic thoughtful mindful event and Magic Sword's going to be doing a DJ set as well as Devo and others uh, I'll put that in the show notes. Go to duckclub.com if you want to grab a ticket to that event that is going on. When is that going on? September 15th, Treefort Music Hall in Boise, Idaho. All right, let's get into this conversation with my sweetheart, Marissa Rada Webner. Don't worry, this is an audio storybook for most this people. Is a much better angle. Look at that. Okay. Whew. So, um, we got back from touring in Europe, and there were always some good stories. And so I thought it might be fun to dive into some of those stories. And I mean, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of a few in my head right now, but it's I guess it's good to go a little chronological. Whatever you'd like. Well, we went to Poland, Germany, Dublin, and London. God bless. And um, I just remember when we went to... Uh, you know, you're jet lagged, of course, when you go. We went to Poland and a couple of days in, we were sleeping. <laughs> well, even before you say that, it, we got there on a Thursday. Friday night was your show and your performance was supposed to be at midnight. Midnight yeah. till 2, 2.30. And it got pushed. So you honestly didn't start till 2 in the this morning. This is at Dreamer's Land. Didn't start your set till about two in the morning. Needless to say, we got back to the hotel at 5 a.m. and the sun was rising. Sun was coming up and it had this taxi driver who would drive <laughs> so fast that people were jumping out of the road. It was real bad. I actually, it had, it was a little Toyota Corolla, but it had those little um, window blinds, you like know? A little screen. And I put them up so no one could see me in the car at the festival because I was embarrassed. <laughs> By how fast, as if I was responsible for the drivers. It was reckless. It was incredibly reckless. But anyway, he played great music. And he was on time. He was on time and his tunes were fantastic. Anyway. He got us back. We were up very late and we're jet lagged. And so we're like, all right, hitting the sack. Finally, we get to sleep at five, six and, you know, dead asleep. Like dead asleep. Oh, yeah. And at 11 in the morning, <laughs> all of a sudden, there's like, not just your average fire alarm, like, <laughs> you know, modern, this hotel is brand new, like very loud, blaring, uh, <gasps> screaming alarm. And we, I at least shot out of bed. <laughs> you probably thought, tell me if you thought, what did Rada do? Was no, no, your no. first thought blaming Absolutely me? Not. Absolutely okay. not. Okay. No. Okay. No, I was... First, I didn't know where I was. Okay. You know, I didn't know. First thought was, where am I? Where I, I didn't know who I was. <laughs> but uh, shot out of bed. This horrible sound. And then I think you obviously were awake. We both realized, I think we have to like. You said, what is that? I said, I think it's the fire alarm. I think we have to leave this room. And then we like <laughs> groggily got out of bed. I remember like I put on like three outfits. First, I think I was going to walk out the door naked. Then I was going to walk out the door in a robe. Then I was going to yeah. walk out the door. And something else. And finally, it's like, no, you need to, what do you, like, it was just hard to compute even what to do. Well, we had to get outside. It was just, that was a funny moment. Um, but Dreamer's Land was interesting because here we are in Eastern Europe. Neither of us had been to Poland before. 
And it's it's basically a consciousness hippie festival, but we're so used for at least us seeing that and being part of that in the States. And so it's like at first it was a little bit of a mashup. It's like I know this sounds obvious, but we're like, wow, everyone's kind of on the consciousness conchi vibe. It but they're un- all Polish. Well, it was unique in the way that it was alcohol-free. I don't think I've been to an alcohol-free festival. Yeah. Alcohol-free, and all the food was, like, vegan and vegetarian. Yeah. It was another level of consciousness festival than I've been at. And everyone yeah. was so sweet. So oh, yeah. lovely. Yeah, and the rain was rolling through, and they at least we lucked out, because when we were there, it didn't really rain much, but we'd heard there had been some heavy rains before we got there Mm, the day before yeah but so going backwards a bit you're you're right that the set was pushed let me just paint the picture a bit i'm supposed to play at midnight which was the last thing that day it seemed ideal on paper seemed seemed good i think i was told i was originally told "Eh, there's gonna be ten thousand people and it's a rotating stage so you just set up and they rotate and i was like this is crazy really uh, it was more like maybe the stage was round, but it didn't stage move. didn't move. <laughs> like but it was a circle. Yeah, and I think the entire festival was two or three thousand, maybe three max. Yeah, and so there definitely weren't that many in the tent. But regardless, I'm like, all right, it's a little different. That's fine. But I'm psyched to play. They got a piano, and the act before me, they're already behind. And then the act before me was way behind. And then they started doing like encores and stuff, which is not typically a thing you do at festivals. It's a big no-no. You know, when we're on a schedule here. It's not your show. It's everyone's show. Even when you're an opening act, you would never do a, an encore. So it's pushing even later. And then there's a changeover. And it's also good form not to get on the stage to the other bands off the stage. And so we're kind of waiting. And I finally get on the stage and I start to do the setup. And everything's fine, more or less. And I get to the... We did a sound check earlier in the afternoon. Fine. Mm -hmm. I plug everything in. My system's working, but I hear like this really intense, like buzzing, pretty bad sound in my uh, in-ears. And I can see it coming through the system. And I'm like, hey, there's this thing. And they radio the sound guy. And he's like, yeah, it's blah, blah, blah on these channels. And we're trying to diagnose what it is. And... We can't figure it out. This goes on for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And everyone's sitting there. Quietly. There's no house music. We're on stage. They're right. And they're just looking at us. And they've already been waiting for like two hours for you to play. And it's late and we're losing people. They're just like, I got to go to bed. I really wanted to see this, but I got to go to bed. And I don't know if I can describe what that feeling is like of like the intensity of the pressure of, look, you've, you've, practice for this you've flown across the atlantic ocean you've you got there the day before your luggage has arrived you're trying to prepare blah 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 you finally get on stage you set all the stuff up you're just about to play and there's an issue and it's stopping you from playing and there's a little crowd of people around you sort of just staring being like trying to help but yeah but there's not much you can do they're like maybe you uh have you tried uh turning it on and off or have you tried you're like yeah I mean, we got out backup gear, plugged mm-hmm. it in, swapped cables, the whole bit. It was high, it was a, it was a moment. It was a moment. And I actually got to the point where I was like, I think I told the organizer who was on stage, I said, "I'm very sorry, but I think it's a no go. It's a no go." Because you couldn't. 
play through the sound to have everybody hear this like it have, it screeching been sound <laughs> that you couldn't get rid of. So I'm just like, when those moments happen, well, obviously I, we figured a solution. Um, I, at one point, I, the solution was it had something to do with their electrical system, which was on this big generator. And honestly, electrical grounding issues, especially in situations like that, I have no idea what's going on. But I, I managed to power something else through a different electrical circuit, and that seemed to fix the problem. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to do it. And I just told the audience, give me two minutes, and I just want to collect myself, and then we'll start. And I walked back stage and I walked outside, it's dark, and I walked out into the grass by the trees. There's nobody back there. And I remember just saying, I actually said, like, thank you, Maharaji, for uh, just, it's that, all of this is Maharaji and drag. And I'd taken it down a notch. And whatever reason there is for this, I'm grateful that I will be able to perform. But I trust that maybe now I will perform less time. Maybe that's good. Maybe it needed to be later. I don't know. But I'm like, also, here it is. Thank you. And you performed. And it was and gorgeous. I went back. And then as soon as you got on stage and started performing, I was told by the organizer, all right, he's got to be done by three. Now he's got a heart out. And I'm <laughs> yeah, like, I was oh, the only man. one with a heart out. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I know. I know. <laughs> that I was know. like a cosmic joke too. I know. And then I remember playing and I looked at my watch and it was like, I was like, ah, oh, it's going to go over three, about like five minutes, 10 minutes. And I usually I'm really good about being yeah. done when they tell me to be done. You but are. I also thought like, I was a little bit just so delirious and a little just sort of pissed. Maybe I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go over five, 10 minutes. Like I want to play this last song. And so I did. I think they were bugging out a bit. A little bit. A little bit. Got through it all. Got through it all. Um, and the next day you gave a talk. So anyway, that's what led up to the fire alarm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we went from that to mm -hmm. the fire It was fire one of alarm. our latest nights. We're usually... Yeah. Is, I'm going to... Uh-oh. <coughs> Hit the mute button. Oh, my gosh. Excuse me. Yeah. We're usually in bed pretty early. Yeah. Everything's just so topsy-turvy, right? It's like now we've just got back and like we go to bed we want to go to bed at like 7 p.m and you wake up at 3 a.m every night and you're just trying to like okay body we got to slowly move ourselves in yeah. a different direction that's been know? happening yeah but your talk i thought went really well the yeah next the next day. day it was a little talk your yoga class was the next day on sunday morning we ended up being there a long time because of like performance talk your yoga class and then having to depart and being four nights or something mm -hmm. which is unusual mm -hmm. the talk i i think it was i was so focused on the performance i didn't think about this talk and i remember rolling into it being like wait a minute what is this going to be and they had uh they had so it was a festival's outdoors and they had a booth with interpreters on a microphone and people could have headsets to have it interpreted into polish and I just thought it's kind of like a toll booth. Imagine yeah. a toll booth with two people in it next to each other. Yeah, and, two. And they had a silent disco headsets. And so if you spoke Polish, they would give you a silent disco headset that one of the interpreters is feeding you the Polish yeah. from your translation, which is so cool. I've never seen that. I, it's very interesting. I was blown away because, you know, of all the things you don't expect to see at a festival, it was like booth interpreters like the UN 
uh, on those those little like you know those microphones that are on a flexible like <laughs> it looked like something out of the seventies you know yeah it did it, it probably was mind. from the seventies I've never had that before and uh, but that was cool yes and we did a little talk and it was great to meet a few people there and the whole festival is vegetarian too yes and yeah. alcohol free yeah I said that oh. And then you did your yoga class the next morning. Mm-hmm. People enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. It was you a little tough because the ground was soggy. but Big rain overnight. We got through it. I mean, you kind of expect that kind of thing in those environments. You just roll with it all. It was good. I love teaching. I love sharing in those situations. And then you, you, you said we had to do like one thing at the oh, festival yeah. I or was one like, workshop. And I want to like, give oh, my God. full attention to one thing. Because Krishna at these events is a skimmer. He skims across the surface. He'll drop in. Or for, just in and out. You know? Yeah, in and out. But never like really like turns his full attention over to something else Yep. for more than a few minutes. So I said... I'm going to do that. I'd like for you to join me. And I I picked out this thing that was like a partner massage. That sounds fun, right? On paper, I'm like, partner massage. so bad. Let's go do do the partner massage. Yeah. And it turned out (laughs) that the experience was all lead and Polish, which was fine because it's, you know, you can follow along. There was an interpreter. It was funny a little bit because (laughs) anyway... What kind of massage was it, Radha? It was a massage where, I mean, we came together, obviously partnered, but most people, I think, partnered with somebody that they didn't know on the spot. Right. And the demonstration that we observed was the woman that was leading it. I think it was like a probably a student of hers that she was practicing on, but pulled her pants down to like <laughs> below the hip bones, like right above like... There were pubic hair showing. Yeah. yeah. And then she, she had just like a sports bra on. And it was an abdominal massage. And so you were coached through breathing in and out through your mouth. And then like this deep pressure, they called them pillows, like find a pillow, like a hard spot in somebody's belly, stomach cavity and massage it out. And so I said to Krishna, you want to go first? (laughs) Do you want to do this to me or you want me to do this to you? And they went around and passed out oil. Oh yeah, oil too. So we all got like a handful of oil. And uh, so he was the recipient, and I, I think you hated it. Well, there were moments, but it was long. I mean, I think it was forty-five minutes of maybe. me giving the I massage. Mean, to I don't you. know if anyone out there has had an abdominal massage when you've gone to a professional, <laughs> and they're like, "We're going to drain your liver" or things like that. They start. It's it's unusual to massage the abdomen because it's such a sensitive place, and it's all your organs are right there. And in Chinese medicine, my experience has been that's sort of like a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't last that long because it's intense. Mm-hmm. This was more like, hey, everybody, uh, find a buddy. We're going to give you some oil. <laughs> D- we wa- just, just dig in there for a long time. And nobody knows what they're doing. They're just like winging it. She actually said, what phrase did she say? Fake it till you make it. She actually said, fake it till you make it. That was the accent too. And I'm thinking, this can't be safe. Let alone, there's no way, you know, you could get away with this in well, the average situation. I was happy that twice different assistants came around and they took over for me and they give you, gave you the massage, remember? For like a minute, yeah. Oh, maybe a little bit longer, but... I was grateful for that, for you to... It was so intense. 
It was so, and and the couple next to us was like having an orgasm. It was two was women, a, young women next to us, and they got really into it. It was wild. It was wild. All really I know is after it. that, I felt ill, and I I really I really took it really shook me. It changed my chi. My entire system was like re- rearranged. And yeah, I, I had to. I, we had to. I was like, I well, can't. Well, eventually we eat switched anything. after you said like forty-five minutes, and you you did the massage to me for a total of maybe five, not, and then you no, were like, "That's not true." Let's get out of here. It was a long here. time. We no, the sun came out. We were both getting sunburned. <laughs> okay, and it was more than five minutes. <laughs> Ten minutes. It wasn't that long, and you didn't feel well. I did not. I did not after my deep gorging in my <laughs> my stomach. It just blew my mind that you know. I don't know. Someone's running a workshop where they're just like, "We're gonna do something physically adventurous," and everyone's never Pretty done this. Pretty intimate. Very intimate. Very intimate. And you're just laying. We're all just in the grass. And encouraging people to essentially just like go deeper. You know, breathe more. Uh, find the pain <laughs> and just push through it with somebody you, know? you don't know. Like, what if that's an? You know, it could be like my my pancreas or something. Yeah. I I didn't know what I was doing. That was a wild experience. Uh, with, with that kind of, was there anything else interesting? I mean, we had some beautiful conversations. Um, it was in this like rolling hills, well, kind of flat, sort of farmy. There was a r- creek was river running through it. On the edge of a, like their national forest. Yeah, it was cool. And then we got to spend a night in Warsaw, which was great. Mm-hmm. Great. We had sort of a day off, got there mm-hmm. midday and had that night there. And we went to a Chopin concert, which I turns out is pretty touristy, but turns out was amazing. It was really uh There was a serious impressive. concert pianist playing an hour of Chopin, which I like Chopin. I guess I always assumed Chopin was more in the camp of like Debussy or more like spacious. And my goodness, this was like Shostakovich speed complexity it was in unbelievably wild piano playing but a great player I was really impressed small little room yeah maybe like 60 it, people it was really beautiful Chopin was born outside of Warsaw so they're very proud of that oh my god the airport's the Chopin airport every street is statues everywhere mm-hmm. and that's so cool to me that the city praises a musician I love that so cool. He's a worldwide figure. Well, he's badass. Once I heard all that music, I was like, damn, it's really amazing. It was like a little, in the old center, old part of the city, it was like a little room with these little wooden chairs and a little garden. It had the windows open. Half art gallery. It was they cool. They took a break and gave us all like thimble-sized cups of mead. Yeah. Halfway like, through. Like a cup of wine comes with your show and I was like, yeah, it was like a less than a Dixie cup. Yeah, maybe like Point five ounce. Yeah, so it was funny. <laughs> I enjoyed that. What else did you enjoy in Warsaw? The Dollhouse Museum. Oh, that was odd. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was weird. It said toy museum, and I, little known fact, is I was a toy collector for a long time, and still slightly as most am. children are. Uh, <laughs> they call themselves toy collectors. <laughs> I keep mine in my box. Oh, but. Anyways, the Dollhouse Museum was like the history of dollhouses. So lots of creepy, strange figurines throughout the ages. Yeah. They had a dollhouse that had like an operation table with like little doll guts coming out of it and a nun over it. Yep. 
There was one with like the child in like one of those like metal x-ray boxes. This is an old one. Yeah, it was strange stuff. I mean, I guess that was a big thing back then if you had a fancy dollhouse. But All the way to like play school plastic ones, modern. Yeah. And we had a great dinner and then we woke up early to go. Great dinner. Great dinner. Great dinner. I think it was called Dispensia. It was, it was so fun. And recommendation and from a filmmaker we good. ran into. Yeah. Yeah, and then what? I think that's... We had a great lunch, too, where you had hot beer. <laughs> yeah, I ordered the hot beer. tasted like the holidays. They had, it was at clove and cinnamon, and they put some juice in it. Blueberry. And beer. Mm-hmm. Comes in a big beer stein, but mm-hmm. it's hot. Mm-hmm. It's actually quite good. You loved it. If you see hot beer on the menu, you got to try that. Um, we had some palmini or pierogi. What are they? Pierogies. Pierogi. Tell them your, your pierogi story. What is the, no, what is the pro story? <laughs> when we got picked up at the airport, oh. you asked if, per, you asked the driver that was taking us to the festival, if, per, when does Perongi play? Because our buddy Perongi was playing the festival and I was just like, oh, is he here? Did you pick him up? Perongi. And the guy said. Pierogies. Yes, there is great pierogies <laughs> here. The pierogies are here. <laughs> the pierogies are really good. I left good. it at that. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, sounds good. <laughs> or I was like, when does. When does it? When does he go on? And he's like, "Oh, you get the pierogies anytime." <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's here, <laughs> or they are here. Many pierogies are here. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, and then we went to Germany for my friend Lydia and Jake's wedding. Lydia's family is from a small town, Gudenthal, outside of Frankfurt. Gudenthal. And uh, we got to Frankfurt and realized we needed to rent a car last minute to get to our destination. Yep. Rada had a meltdown, which doesn't out. happen that often. I Hardly think you, ever. I think you were just tired. Well, I know you were just tired. And you were just thinking, we're going to miss, essentially, we're only going to one. Well, one say, we were there for a very short period of time. Not much. You thought we'd miss the whole evening things. And uh, we almost did. But we because you were crying in the corner, <laughs> the, the guy at the, the rental car desk, his boss was a real jerk and was like, your car is not for an hour. So you have to go sit in a chair and wait for it. Yeah, it was this thing where we ordered the car, but... We had to wait like on an the hour spot ordered to, it. we're like, well, it's six o'clock now. You have to wait till seven to pick it up because that's the time. So go sit in the chair till seven o'clock. So we were sitting in the chair till seven o'clock. you were crying o'clock. and I'm like rubbing your shoulders. <laughs> and then eventually that guy left and the other guy waves me over and he's like, he's like let's get this car for you. And he gave you two dum-dums <laughs> after it just being like two maybe lollipops. This, as if we were like children. This little, here you go. It Stop was very crying. sweet of him. And then we hit the Autobahn. In this little tiny, he said, what kind of car do you have? I said, any car, that, any car. <laughs> and he gave us the cheapest, <laughs> smallest car. Remember when we came to, the, if anyone's been in the Frankfurt airport car rental situation, it's like a massive, maybe, I don't even know, 12 stories deep of just endless cars. You know, you're like subsection 2B stall 268 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We find the car. And I'm like, oh, God, I don't even know if our stuff's going to fit in this car. Like all the yeah. cases. It did. We fit it in, barely. Yeah, and you got us there. Hit the Autobahn, and we were at that rehearsal dinner in like <laughs> an, less than an hour. Maybe an hour. Mm-hmm. And it was delicious. It worked out perfectly. Worked out perfectly. Beautiful wedding. Beautiful, Beautiful weather wedding. the next Lydia day. A little incredible. rain, a little sun. 
Beautiful. Yeah. Countryside, wine country, the yes. Rhineland. That was nice, a little break. We tried to go to a banya, but it was closed. Everything's closed in August. The hot springs close in August. All of Europe closes in August. It's a hard time to do shows. There was when we went to the where the hot springs were supposed to be though, there was a really interesting setup where they're on the side of the building, kind of like courtyard park with a fountain in the middle that was misting, like a mist sprayer, and people were sitting in plastic lawn chairs around Old the people. mist sprayer. Yeah. It's like saline water that like salt water that they all sit there and get misted. It wasn't from. even that hot. You mean the day? Yeah. The temperature? Yeah. It was I like think 75. it's something like therapeutic about the salt water right on yeah i was hoping i I really wanted to take you to the classic german uh soaking experience in this that's in every town but next time yeah because part of it is they're like kind of militant about not wearing any clothing yeah yeah they get very serious about you cannot wear any clothes and you're like i got you roger and they're like do not wear any bathing suit. Okay. <laughs> I will not. So, totally nude is the way it is, uh, as it should be. So we had a good time there, and uh, we went back to the airport. And by the way, every time, typically in the U.S., airport, our TSA, you know, it's not great, but it's also like we kind of know what to expect. And I have a lot of electronics, shall we say, in my carry-on. That's all my carry-on is. It's like the Cables, fragile electronics. Wires. It looks like a nightmare going through the x-ray machine. It's just packed in there. Anyway, in Europe, there is no TSA pre or anything like that for us. And so uh, sometimes I have to use eight eight trays to spread it all out. And it's a bit of a scene. So every time we go to the airport, it's like doing this again and again and again. And I had to just get zen about it. I'd be like, it's fine. We just get there early. And whatever they say, whatever language, I just nod my head, say no problem. Do it again. Do no it again. issues. Everyone was really good. I just pulled it all out. Yeah. No yeah. clothes. Um, so we went to Dublin. Dublin and we met up with Peter. Yeah. Peter Broderick. And we did some um, rehearsals. Rehearsals for our show. So we went right to... The, the rehearsal studio. Camden Studios, and Peter was already there and set up and started rehearsing, and that was awesome. I was definitely nervous because I'm like, we have to put together basically an entirely new show, and we have, the, yeah, day and a half. Yeah. Yeah. But Dublin's so awesome, and it's great to, to be there again, although our hotel is a little rough. I was well, up all night, all night, like not... One minute of sleep. That's because we were in, like, I, I learned a pro tip, guys. Pro tip for when you're traveling. Don't, you want to get, like, the balcony suite that overlooks the city. Don't ever do that. Get the interior. Yeah, quieter. Interior of the Especially hotel Especially if it's room. a weekend in Dublin. Let me yeah. tell you something. People drink. It, it was every. They, they say what they want <laughs> at a volume of any way they want. At any time, that could be four in the morning. So it's, it's like someone is... Right below your window, be like hey, screaming. Hey, <laughs> oh, a... it was bad. Lassie. But besides that, I wanted to go back Love. to the uh, rehearsal for you and Peter because when we got to that rehearsal studio, the two of you set up your gear and then just started kind of going through the songs on Burn together. Just trying to figure out what we could 
play and we yeah it was so great it oh, was God, so I love, great i love playing with him so great to hear the music again but these new versions of it man that was a treat for me me too there was this old piano too that was really basically unusable so i was trying to play that thing uh but mostly using the keyboards and all of our looping things and pedals and percussion it was cool and then the next day basically we came back and just rehearsed all day worked out a set uh and then that night what did we do that night probably just had dinner mm, you got done and you were out enjoying things i think the second day yeah i went to a yoga class at this great studio called the space between and then i went to the national gallery and then I went to, is that when I went to the Book of Kells? Yeah, that was yeah, like a like letdown that. of a museum. Really expensive and not that great. But yeah. it seemed good on paper. And then we met up and we must have just had dinner or something like that. Yeah. And the show was the next day and it was in this um, theater that had seats. Oh, and- that's when you and I went to dinner at the place Peter recommended with the Scottish egg. Yeah, has anyone out there had a Scottish egg? <laughs> they take an egg, they wrap it in sausage, hard-boiled egg, fry it, yeah, and then that is enjoyed. It's surprisingly bland for something so terrible for you. <laughs> um, drank plenty of Guinness and all that jazz, but the show is really great. Um, I remember the sound check being pretty frustrating. We were just dealing. It wasn't. It was one of those things where like the venue is having some issues mm-hmm. again. <laughs> But we were just trying to be patient. It was like an hour and a half of that. But eventually, uh, we got through our sound check, and the audience was just so giving and amazing. As that's my experience, at least with Dublin audiences, it's just been nothing but enthusiasm, attention, joy, camaraderie. They're ecstatic. It was a great show. I was so. I was just so. I can't tell you how wonderful it was to to be playing a show and then you kind of look over and you've got someone else you're playing with and what they're doing is like, oh man, that sounds great. <laughs> like I'm doing something and he's playing this like violin loop thing over it thinking, holy cow, I, I can't do that. I don't play violin. And How many things happened during the set that were unexpected to you? Oh, lots. Because we basically just had a, a shape. So it'd be like, for instance, okay, we're going to play Reunited. We're going to start with that. And we rehearse roughly what that would be like. And then it's like, okay, but let's be open to wherever it wants to go. Or if someone wants to change it, you can. And then we're going to improvise after it's quote unquote done. So it's very open. Or it'd be like, after that, we're going to do an improv that's going to be an E flat. Something like that. And we would rehearse that. But then we purposely were like, let's not try to recreate too much the improvs because that can be a bit of a trap. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's maybe fifty-fifty in that way, mm-hmm. um, but the, the little PA that we had in the rehearsal room was a real crap piece of crap. So it was like, you know, completely different than what it would sound like in a venue with mm-hmm. subwoofers and all the stuff. But it was—I thought it was really special, really special set. Um, so I remember feeling pretty high after that, mm-hmm. and I didn't sleep at all. Because of the yelling and the adrenaline and the jet lag, and I was and a tough. the Indian food. Oh, yeah. Sometimes we forget 
I don't like to eat before shows and I don't think Peter did either. And then next thing you know, by the time you're packed up and out of there, it's midnight and everything's closed. It's one of those situations. So you're looking around for something to eat. And his uh, lady, Edna. 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 Uh, found this Indian place not too far. And I'll say, it didn't look nice. The food was amazing. It was fantastic. But we asked for it to be mild. <laughs> and it was really spicy. Yes. And I ate it anyway because it was so good. But we're all like, just holy cow, this is spicy. It's one in the morning or something. The guy comes back and I said, uh, sir, I thought we discussed this being mild. And he says, yeah. And I said, okay, let me ask you a question. From zero to 10, what would this be? He said a four. <laughs> I said, well, okay. I would consider mild to be in the one to two, maybe three. And he's like, well, you know, I think his opinion was like, well, that's not very good. <laughs> like, you know, it's got to be a four at least. It was tasty. But it kept me up and uh, it was painful. And then all the yelling and the blah, blah, blah. So that was a tough night because the next day we were right back to the airport. Right back to the airport. Flying to London, which we were a bit nervous about because if we missed our connection, or there was no connection, it was there direct was flight. anything went awry. If it was delayed, if the flight was delayed and all of our flights thus far had been delayed somewhat, if it was delayed at all, you would have missed your show that night. Or baggage, yeah. yeah if there yeah. were any issue, yeah. you would have missed it. Yeah, and uh, Pelmeni, I mean, uh, sorry, uh, Parangi, <laughs> had, he had just come on that same flight two yes. days before, and he said something like 75 of the passengers' bags were not on the flight. 95 90 pieces 90. of luggage Some were lost. Some insane amount of like, they're just like, your bags aren't here, because he didn't have all of his gear. When he flew from London to Warsaw for Dreamers Land, where he was too, he had... 10 pieces of luggage and five didn't arrive. Yeah. So we're thinking we're doing the same flight. In Yaima, the artists didn't get on their flight. They were denied. They were over, they overbooked and they just didn't give them a seat. Yes. Even though they had a ticket on that same flight. Yes. So we're like, this is, this is not it's great. somewhat risky. British Airways. But ours was fine. It was perfectly fine on time. So we were very fortunate. Went straight to the venue again. Straight to the sound check. And this show, I think it's safe to say, and I want to talk about this a little bit, okay. was very difficult. The, the lead creation up to it. of the show. Everything about leading up to this show was uh, a pain in the ass for us. Very not artist friendly. No. I mean, this thing was like, we booked it, of course, a long time ago. And then the promoter essentially decided to, you know, not pay us a deposit, even though we we're supposed to have one, which is... Part of the Pretty guarantee. standard, yeah. And also when you're, you know, booking flights overseas, you're kind of like, that's your one way of being like, they have some kind of skin in the game. Well, they said after a month of releasing it, like promoting it, advertising it, that they wanted to cancel. And that was back in, I think they told us that right when we were leaving for Iceland in early June. And we were said, no, we don't want to cancel the show. Like, give us, I think we have a couple months. I think it was over two months, two and a half. We're like, well, give it some time to sell. And it's August. Maybe people don't know what they're doing. Just chill. So that created a back and forth for the entire time about entire it. Entire time. Until like a week before, it kept being like, maybe we'll cancel it, they would say. Yes. Not like, 
here's a particular metric you have to hit or after such and such date, we won't. It's always just like, if we feel like it, well, we'll cancel We would this. be told this show's going to be canceled. And I would say, wait, wait, wait. And they'd say, well, let's give it till Monday. Right. And over and over and over that again. That happened two, I think one time I actually drafted an entire apology email. Yes. The second time I actually recorded a video yes. being like, because we were like, it's canceled. They, they said it's canceled. Yeah. So I said, okay. And we went through the whole emotional process and, and team <laughs> process of like planning, like, all right, this really sucks. But now what? Now let's just triage. Here's a video. Here's how we're going to message it. Here's what we're going to do. And then they'd be like, well, we're going to give it another week. Let's wait till Monday. Yeah. Yeah. It was a nightmare. I've never had that kind of run around back and forth headache type of experience. And Peter's involved. I felt terrible and. It was very difficult for us to message to our own community because we're like, should we promote it more or not? Yeah, then and then it's a we're kind of halfway of promoting it because you don't want to convince people to come to a show that then it's going to be canceled. And I felt like they weren't promoting it, which obviously it's funny. The promoter you think should be promoting the show. <laughs> Anyways, we we got it across the finish line. But there's more. Oh, we we we're I flying know, there. We were flying there and. Someone told us, hey, your show's sold out. And I'm like, well, it's definitely not sold out. I go online <laughs> and the tickets were closed as of, they'd been closed for two days. So the show's Sunday and as of Friday, they just decided to stop selling tickets. Like the website was broken. Even or, though to in your favor, you had a boon where it was featured in the sun as one of the best things to do that weekend. But when it was featured in the sun, you couldn't buy a ticket. <laughs> so then we're, you know, then we're, and no one's, no one's getting back to us too. And yeah. And Even they, though, hey, we sell more tickets. You sell more tickets. That's the whole point of this. That's how they make their money. It was. It was the create. It's almost like they wanted it not to happen. It, we got that message. Like for some reason, they want us to back out of this, and we kept pushing through. And this is the truth. We kept pushing through for our community, for our fans in London. Yeah. We were like, we can't. We don't want to cancel this. We don't want to cancel it for them. Even we. We knew we weren't going to make any money. Even if we, we're going to lose money in the show, mm -hmm. but we're doing it because we want to do this show. Mm -hmm. And we did want to do it. And Peter and I were like, well, we did it. And the strangest thing is when we showed up there, uh, the actual crew doing the show, amazing. Yeah, they were great. Like sound was fantastic. Uh, everything great was, venue the manager. venue was great, except for the barricades. <laughs> it made a great show and it was a great venue. Um, and there were actually things that happened that were good. Like because we weren't selling the tickets they wanted, they said, we're not going to get rid of all the seats. Mm -hmm. And at first I'm thinking, well, this is a problem because people are buying a seat and then there's no seat, but we're like, it's fine. Just let people know so they can bring what they want to be comfortable, like a yoga mat or something, which I'm not sure they ever did. I don't know. We tried, but... They wouldn't... They stopped answering my questions after a while. And one of yeah. them was, would you let the guests know that they can Just bring them things know, to be all. comfortable in the grounds? But there were still seats in the balcony. It ended up being... Feeling like a really nice room with yeah. everybody down on the floor sitting or lying down and then the seats in the balcony. Yeah. And we had, you know, we had a lot of friends on the guest list. Thanks to Future Sound for helping to promote and the London Psychedelic Society for helping to promote. MC Yogi and Amanda were there, yeah. 10,000 Buddhas, which was like a total su wonderful surprise because mm -hmm. they don't live in London. Uh, had a great show. I had really a blast beautiful. playing with Peter and great sound. 
You want to talk about how it ended? Sure. Yeah. Um, So the night before, there's a song on Burn called Landscape that you read one of Peter's poems that he wrote for the The record. The landscape is always changing. That's right. We didn't play it in the set because we didn't, we couldn't do it in a way that we liked or that didn't, we didn't want to use like tracks and stuff. So anyway, at the last minute, Peter was just like, wanted to include this poem. And I think I suggested in Dublin, what if you read it uh, as part of the encore? And he did. And I remember while he was doing it, I started putting music under it and that turned into our encore and it was really fun. So we thought, let's do that again in London. And we got to the encore or people are clapping. We walk off stage and Peter says to me, oh, you know, I forgot my, the poem and all of my notes. I haven't had a set loose or all my notes this whole show, which I didn't know. He says, let me go get it. It was in the dressing room. Which is a bit of a journey. Mm-hmm. Maybe a minute or two. I thought, okay, it's going to be a f- several minutes until he's back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're high on adrenaline and we're side stage. I said something like, I'll, I'll go stall or something. So I walk back on stage and I'm, first I thought I'd just talk, but I thought in my head, this is going to be a while. And we, I just dropped in a little bit of Ram Dass in the last song, a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I bet it'd be cool for people if we just did a little more Ram Dass. So I had, thought I'd play Please, Please Pass the Bliss, which is very short. And by the time I'm done, then Peter will come on and we'll do our ending. Mm-hmm. And I said to the audience, Peter will be right back. He went to go get his poem. Right. And anyway, I started playing, and then halfway through the song, Peter did get back, but he, my back was to him. He came up and started joining the song, which was super cool. And then I got all excited musically, and I, we were just jamming, and then that went into a jam. And now I'm just in, in like improv land. And we jammed for a while, which is our encore, and I completely forgot about the poem. Did you literally like forget that it... Oh, Totally. Yeah. Totally. Because now I'm just like in show mode of like, where's the show? Okay, now we're cresting this energy. And now this would most definitely be the end of the show and it'd be perfect. Yes. And you say, thank you. Yep. We took a bow. And I'm like, what a great show. And Peter's all discombobulated. I was like, what? what's wrong? And he's like, I'm just really thrown after the way that ended. And I'm just like, but it ended awesome. <laughs> like. <laughs> And I didn't even know that I had forgotten the poem. And I felt really bad. Um, I think if if he hadn't have forgotten it in the first place, bringing it on stage, we would have done it. Of course you would yeah. have. And so it was sort of like we both forgot in a sense, but I take responsibility for just getting in the flow there. I'm also not, not used to playing with other people. I'm, I'm used to, in my mind, making those internal decisions about you know, now you should do this. You know, what makes the show? Mm-hmm. It, that's a very practiced muscle as opposed to thinking about other performers on stage. And so I'm, I, that, was, that was a bummer to end that way. But I hope he didn't, I mean, let that one thing sour. Well, he got into a whole story that you just decided to dominate and take it all over. Yeah, that's rough because that wasn't at all what I was doing. I was actually like on the spot they're trying to think how do i what do i do <laughs> what do i do to for the next few minutes and i ended up making a decision that led to some other things that ended up being an, an error well audience wise from my point of view it was really beautiful and it did make sense and it did feel really good 
And then you were just kind of left curious, like, what about I know. the poem? And, then, and it's a great well, poem. Well, then I thought he must have not been able to find it, is the conclusion you naturally get to. I I know. For him and I, it's a bigger deal than I'm sure the audience would have loved to hear it. And it's a nice, like, um, switch of energy, too, like just having a spoken word poem amidst all the music mm-hmm. and lyrics. So, When you have Radha there, why don't you have Radha read the poem? Well, it's Peter's poem, first off, so that's up to him. Um, but you mean like in the song? Yeah. Like well, it we, didn't, makes... we didn't do the song at all, not because of the poem part. We There's a beat in that that's really kind of key to the whole psychedelic jam, and we couldn't really replicate it without using electronics in a way that we didn't want to do. Huh. Essentially. It was more his decision. Um, and we didn't have a lot of time. So it was more just like we had to make, like we had to pick and choose. And we were like, that was one of the ones we were like, let's not. And we're like, I was up for doing it. But then he still wanted to do it. A form of He wanted the words somewhere in the set. And I thought they didn't work just kind of thrown into the set. So that was my suggestion of like, maybe they have their moment. Yeah. I think that would only work if the whole audience was very familiar with the whole album. Sure. They would know where it was coming from. I mean, look, uh, to give us both credit, we both were taking a lot of risks. Yeah. And the whole thing was a lot of creative risks. And and sometimes you hit, you, nobody bats a thousand. And I, I, if I want to stay positive, I'm just proud that we did take risks. And sometimes it went a little sideways, but sometimes we found ourselves in territory that was completely virgin and expansive and new for each of us. And that's that's what I'm proud of. You should be. So I can't wait to do it again with him. And I would love to just do more. I love our our collaborative weaving. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. You and fit together so well. I had a moment when we were setting up and you know, it's this beautiful hall and setting up the piano, all the stuff and sound checking and just remembering like, I don't even know how many years ago it was when I was a fan of his. And then like, I can't believe I'm playing a show with him in London or Dublin and and we had just done one and it was just, a, it was just a really beautiful moment it's for cool. me internally. Mm. But we are, we are playing in Japan in end of September. I can't believe we're getting back on a plane to go that far, but. Um, a festival called Each Story. Yeah. And we're playing in Tokyo. Yes. And I'm maybe playing one other small show somewhere else, TBD. Mm-hmm. We just need the visa to come through. Come on, visa. Yeah. Uh, that was London. We did not have spicy food that night. No, I got you food pre-show. I said, hey, guys. And I just kept it for after. Let's, perfect. Let's do this before. Come yeah, on. Yeah, we proed it up. And you proed it up. Yeah, I, I made you get food. And I think it was a smart move. It's great. The next day. I, oh, Jap- you started I Japanese curry, by the way. Your- <laughs> <laughs> you Nobody st- cares. <laughs> you, you, you love a good chicken gatsu. That's your fave. I don't know a lot of Japanese, like curry katsus in the States. Do you see that a lot? It's definitely over there a lot. The curry mixed, katsu? Yeah. Like I, a curry I, you Japanese. would know. You're the katsu guy. Well, it was it was pretty good. But you started to then work with your editor, Rachel. Rachel. So, of course, we've been talking about the, the film we're working on, Music for Mushrooms. We've been working on this film for a while, documentary. And the editor we're working with, Rachel lives in london which is makes it a little more difficult to work because 
time zones and someone's far. And typically at one point in the stage, you would get together and work. But I always thought, well, maybe we'll just do it remotely or virtually. Mm-hmm. But we actually kept some time. We're like, since we're going to be there, it seems like we should stick around for a few days and work. And it was the right timing in the doc because we've been in post for like, I don't know, a month or two. And so it was really great. Really great. Um, she's wonderful and very skilled and talented. And we got a lot done. But I was a little cooped up. Like, it was hard, like, after all those shows and travel. And it was beautiful, like, London weather. is like, in the 70s and partly sunny and cloudy. And everyone's just out in London. Mm-hmm. But I'm, like, in this hotel room all day with her. We did go out for dinner. but And you were having adventures out in London. <laughs> having, like, you think you said one of the days you had, like, the best day of your life. <laughs> You and Amanda. <laughs> Which pissed you off. <laughs> I was jealous. I was happy for you, but I was grumpy because I was like so tired and burnt out from all that. Just you finally got through the performances, which is a lot of stress. Yeah. Especially that London one, thinking it wasn't going to happen. And it finally did. Um, but I, ha- I had some lovely walks with you in London. We were mostly out in Shoreditch and there's a lot of cool like murals it's very gentrified but there's some cool art really good meals. great food dim shoom that indian dinner we had with nick and amanda and rachel and her yeah, partner that was the spot. and the dj scott guy and um then i amanda from Ten Thousand buddhas we ended up inadvertently last minute going to the british museum yeah and she thought that it was going to be like british art and it's actually... No, it's everything they've stolen from around the world. all of the world's treasures. Yeah. Under one roof. And it was really incredible. Yeah. And also strange. And, Huge, right? Oh, I mean, vast. Is we, it, it kind of like the Smithsonian, but world stuff? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. very, very All big. divided into, like, continents. Uh-huh. And uh, but what was the other thing you went to though? Well, then we had a really great Italian lunch. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Why are you telling us every meal you had?" Well, because the food was so good. And then she and I went to Treadwell's bookstore, which is like a, an occult, witchy bookstore. And I got more books than you're happy with, but ones that I'm very happy with. I don't like when we buy books when we travel because they're heavy. But we had a great day, and then met you for lunch. And then I went to the Tate Modern to see what Amanda suggested. It was an artist that she has loved for a while, Hilda Af Klint, who was like an anthropophist from the... Is K-L-I-M-P-F-T or... You're thinking of Gustav Klimt. Oh. This is A-F space K-L-I-N-T. Okay. Klint. Hilda Af Klint. Um... So she was an artist from the turn of the century and uh, like part of Rudolf Steiner's crew and Madame Blatsby's crew. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know she was a Steiner yeah. acolyte. Yeah, both. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And in her paintings, the show was these channelings that she got of these teachings. She said she talked to angels, kind of like one of was called the Tree of Life and then like evolutionary processes and... It was really mind-blowing. Amanda said it was the best exhibit she's ever seen in her life, and she's a painter. Yeah, she knows I mean, that's art. A, that's quite the endorsement. I went there with Peter. Peter yeah. and I went there together. 
So would you say where we <laughs> scale of zero to ten? How spicy was it? <laughs> Spice I, being good. Well, it was partnered with uh, Piet Mondrian. Yeah, Mondrian. 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 Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I don't know either. But the two of them together were yeah. really, really incredible side by side. Just the juxtaposition too. But so why getting to walk through that with Peter was really, really lovely and share that experience with him. And then he went back. His friends were having a baby that he was there staying with. And she, Rose, she did end up having her baby. Happy B-Day to Rose's baby. But then I left that and saw this huge building that kind of looked like the Capitol building in the distance and was just walking towards it. In and, London. In London and walked around front and I realized it was St. Paul's Cathedral and walked in. And as soon as I walked in, it was like 4.53 and at five o'clock they started a whole hour long Church of England service with their whole choir, the whole thing up and down, all the like prayers and the amens and the... They said amen. Lots of times. The greatest hits. <laughs> Well, of religion, the in communion. I had the, the Trinity, blood of Christ, and the body of Christ. I was raised Roman Catholic, so there's subtle differences in the way that the service goes, but a lot of similarities. Yeah, just today you informed me that you drank out of a cup that a few thousand people <laughs> there lined weren't up a few off thousand the people there. If there was one, I'd be like, <laughs> you should get your own cup. <laughs> People are getting COVID right it now again. It was amazing. The choir was like the, the choir of Nottingham or something like that. It sounds amazing. The reverb you said the was incredible. The reverb, they would get done singing. It would echo for like 10, 12 seconds just Damn. through this huge Damn. cathedral that was built in the 1400s. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite the experience. It was incredible. It's so cool to like essentially stumble into these things yeah. like, spontaneously. Yeah. And it was all dedicated to the blessed Virgin Mary. So yeah. it was all to the feminine too. Yeah. Which was, and after coming out of Hilda's show into that, it was just really special for me. I'm really happy that happened for you. And then we went to uh, the jazz club. Do you remember the name of the artist we saw? His name was Beryl. Beryl? Bur no, Bruno. Bruno Beryl. Bruno Barrel. Yeah, a, a Brazilian, mm -hmm. singing in Portuguese, and his set was solo. Just think like, kind of Gilberto, I have to say. It. It's sort of like that, Gilberto type songs. Very soft and beautiful with sort of jazz chords. Uh, with but kind of like Buena Vista Social Club-ish vibes, for those of you that don't know Gilberto. Yeah, and um, a small jazz club with two tiers, so it was like wrap around, very intimate. It's cool. It's a cool vibe. The music was incredible. The ladies I was love it. Very <laughs> impressed. I thought it was going to be more like percussive and upbeat because we knew we were going to Brazilian jazz. Oh, I thought it was going to be like, yeah, like full on, you know, grooving, dancing, yes. Afro, lo fi, Brazilian style. And it was just one guy sitting on a stool playing guitar. Very intimate. Singing. And it was like, for me, it felt like you're on the dance floor with like a new lover and you're just like slowly. Yeah, you and Amanda were saying things like, I wish he could sing me to sleep every night. <laughs> it was really good. Well, you met him and his producer, who's like 23. Batata bought his, boy. And bought his vinyl and we listened to it today and it's actually more produced out. And I was really enjoying, the, they're like these lo-fi productions, really cool vibes on the record. Highly recommended. So, 
highly. Maybe put his in his Spotify notes. in the show notes. Okay. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. So that was awesome. And did another day with Rachel. And uh, then we had to hit the road mm-hmm. and f- go all the way back home. Just feeling really grateful that uh, we could do these things. It is really amazing to be able to do it. And also grateful we got over this kind of hump of this this trip. Because it was a lot on paper. It was a lot. <laughs> I remember Quite on paper daunting. being like, wow, some of this is tight and a lot of different flights and the gear. It's Four different the, countries. The gear, the gear, the gear. And it's heavy. We have to carry on. Each of us have our own personal carry on and his carry on of like It's basically the maximum the you can take for weight in Europe. It's, whew. Yeah, it's a pain. But I feel very blessed. All for the music. All of all you, in but service to who the music. you are and East Forest in the world takes us to all these wonderful places. I'm, I'm so very grateful. grateful. I'm very grateful. So grateful to all the fans too. All of you we couldn't that are show up if people didn't show up. That's the reason we're there. So thank you, thank you. We do look forward to coming back. We don't have, we don't know when that would be or how, but uh, I know, God willing, there could be a way. We leave again in a couple of days to go to North Carolina for the Ramdas retreat summer retreat. Yeah, this will come out after that. Okay. So, but looking forward to connecting with that community. And then the Altered States Retreat that we were invited to be a part That's of at new. Esalen. Yeah. So both Esalen retreats are now open. Yeah. There's one September 4th through 8th. Yep. That's Altered States Pathways to Transformation, I think. And that's not just our retreat. That's like us and other uh, Lucia, facilitators. who's like a five rhythms woman, and Shravana, I think I'm pretty sure her name is. She's a tantric yogini master. And Sochil Ashe plant medicine, fifth generation plant medicine woman, and then ourselves. And it's about not just psychedelics as altered states, but all these other modalities and history and discipline. And big thing for me is I am planning, hoping the goal is on Thursday of that. The 7th. To do an outdoor on the big Esalen lawn on the cliff over the ocean, a sunset into the evening ceremony concert. That's been a dream of yours. It has. Big dream. Way back. Mm -hmm. And I've never been able to green light it. And so I was like, all right, if you want to do this, this is what (laughs) we need to do. And they they graciously were doing it. Uh, So you can come up and then get a day pass and join just for that day. Yeah. Which is not something I... That I know has been done much either. No, that's new. Yeah. Or be there all week with us. Monday through Friday, we'll be there. I'll be teaching a couple practices. We'll be on a couple panels. You'll lead a couple practices outside of the ceremony concert. And then everybody else, it's it's really cool. Yeah. So that's really soon. Really soon. Uh, and then if you want to check out December 15th, 14th, 15th, 15th. 15th through 18th is our weekend retreat called journey space and uh that's the one we've been exploring for several years and i think it's a little over half full maybe two-thirds so if you want to grab a spot this is the time to do it yeah yep and there might be even more while we were away too (laughs) on august 9th the release of so what yeah yeah which was the last that put a podcast out about that but yes they uh I, i yeah let's end with that of course, the song with Duncan Trussell, the third single off the music for the Deck of the Titanic album, came out and an amazing video. And I rec- way back, 
probably over a year ago, maybe. A year and a half. I texted Duncan and I said, hey, how about we record a podcast from my podcast together? You rant, art delights, I will sample it. And he just said, let's do it. And we did it. And I'm sure, I hope you've heard that podcast. It's great. I made the song. And then uh, he never would respond when I was like, hey, here's the mix. Or then I was like, here's the final master. Uh, so it's we're going to release it. We even had dinner with him, as we've <laughs> Crickets. mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Went to dinner to and Austin. Asked him about it again. He said, I, I haven't listened to it and I won't listen to it. No, he said, but I will. Uh. So we thought we would close it out at this dinner. We're like, well, we'll just talk about it. You know, and I'll get permission. And at the end of the dinner, like as we're leaving, he says, no, I, I will definitely listen to it. I will listen to it, man. No problem. And I'm like, okay, fine. He'll so listen that was to back it. in November. This is this Never listen to it. Never listen to it. Haven't heard from him since then. And you've reached out to say, hey, what do you think? Nothing. No response. Like nothing, which then it got like to be a bit of a problem because I didn't want it to be a thing between us. I was like, look, man, I never want, I never meant to cause a problem here. I just... I thought we were all on board. Uh, and so eventually I just dropped it. And But I thought like, well, I'm, I'm, I told him I'm putting it out. I told him the date, even though there's no response. I messaged his assistant. No with response. With all the, you know, <laughs> things about it. Here it is. Here's we the video. Made we made a video. Had a record label. Bright antenna. <laughs> we're like, we're doing this. We're doing it. And, we're gonna, and we did it. And it came out and I still didn't hear anything. And I just thought like, well, let's, I just. What went through your head? I just thought, look, I there is a chance if he wants me to take it down or something, and we will, of course. But I also felt like he did say, do whatever you want with this. And he has been informed. And I, it's good. It's, it's very it's good. It's good. And I think it puts him in a great light, and it's well done. So I thought that was the biggest thing. I'm like, it's good. Uh, Were your feelings hurt? Did you feel a little sad? Well, I, was, I was concerned, as concerned. I said. I was like, because I also thought it kind of screwed up our flow of our 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 friendship that was nascent and from afar. Is where I, in the past, if I text him within a few days, I'd get a text back. You know, that used to be just like yes or whatever. I get responses, and not getting a response made me feel like there was now something between us that was never meant to be that. It was meant to just be a fun. Let's create something. So anyway, it was released and a few days later or a mm, week. It was released on week. August 9th and 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 out of the blue on August 16th. I'm sitting there editing with Rachel in London and I my phone starts ringing, which is nobody calls me anyway. And <laughs> and I looked down says Duncan Trussell and I'm like he's never called me. And I'm thinking the first thought that went through my head is, oh, no, like this could be bad. Like there must be he must be calling because he's like, we got to talk. You know, I and I reach for the phone and it stops. <laughs> and then I'm like, it's even worse. I'm like, was it a butt dial or did he mean to call me? Is he going to call me back? Because if I text him, he's not going to respond. And I'm just like, oh, man, this is even worse now. Like, what do I do? Like a couple minutes later, he calls again. And I'm like, all right, I got to pick this up quickly. So I pick it up, but I do the whole like, hey, Duncan. And he goes, I think we, we said, hey, man, I finally listened to it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a wonderful short conversation about how happy he was and how he felt bad. And he's like, he just honestly feels 
self-conscious listening to himself, which I know sounds ironic, given that's his job, is talking and recording himself, but he actually doesn't want to hear it. Like that's any, what he said. any of his stuff. Yeah, that's what he said at dinner, too, is I yeah, don't listen to anything of mine. But I thought, well, you must listen to some, or you'll have someone listen to it in some kind of process. Well, he told you again, sorry, because I don't listen to any of my things. But he gave the thumbs up, and I was so relieved and so happy. It's like we finally put a little cap on that and put it away. Oof. So that w- that happened. Grateful. Grateful yeah. for that closure. Yeah. It is really good. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah, I, I think it's fun. If you haven't heard it, go hear it. Go see the video, too, on, so on YouTube. What? It's it's David Lopes' video. It's really cool. Um, all right. I think we should close it out. It's It's been a little over an hour. And um, by the time this comes out, I'll, we might have new tour dates on the West Coast, potentially with a band or not. But I'll talk about that on the, in, the intro if it's happening, because that's a big deal. And I could tell you more. It's just something... Yeah, if you listen to a few podcasts back about his whole thing about slowing down and doing less, that's not that happening. not happened. Not happening at all. We wanted it to happen. Yeah, had it's actually really clear intentions. added things into the calendar. It's gotten worse. Not, but kicking and screaming, I've been like, no, no. And, and then everyone's like, but you need to do that thing. Yes. So there might be a, a band tour on the West Coast of the United States uh, as step one and uh, I won't know for a few days if that's happening but by the time this comes out we will so I'll let you know of course you probably are like yes we know you already talked about it in the intro or not <laughs> so stop talking about it okay but hope to see you all out there hope you're having uh, a good time moving into September and uh, thanks Rada as always for joining into the space my pleasure all right Anything else you're excited about you want to mention? No, no. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, thanks everybody for you, listening. What about your, your Costa Rica thing? Can people join last minute? Nah, I'm done with oh. that. I'm done taking You can't. You missed your opportunity. I'm she, closing it. It's going to be go, it. She's doing a uh, yoga retreat in Costa Rica. There's going to be 35 of us now. That's plenty. 36. Wow. Are yeah. you serious? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Well, go to marissaradawepner.com if you'd like to see about things she's doing in the future. And uh, I will not be in Costa Rica with her, but uh, it's going to be amazing. It will be very special. Yeah. All right. Keep walking that walk. Don't take any shit, but if you do, do it with grace. Peace. Well, thank you, Rada, for taking the time, as always, and being so gracious. Definitely check out her world uh, down there in the show notes for her life coaching, for her yoga work, for her ketamine therapy here in Boise and reach out. She's sort of a wizard of well-being if you'd like to uh, potentially work with her. If she has the time, she's quite in demand, which I can certainly understand. I'm so lucky to be able to have her by my side and do what we do together. Uh, This song that you're hearing in the background is called Cosmic Dance, and it is from Music for the Deck of the Titanic. features Mary M. We are playing in Los Angeles on November 7th. You can get a ticket at eastforest.org slash tour and uh, thanks again to everyone on our Patreon, patreon.com slash eastforest and that is a great way to support this evergreen podcast. Feel free to go back in time and listen to any episode we've done what is it now? Almost 260 or well more than that and all of them are still relevant so it's a great resource and a great library of 
of conversations and energy. We'll see some of you at Esalen September 4th through 8th. Um, if you're in Japan, September 30th through the 2nd, just announced a date in Tokyo and, of course, L.A. on November 7th and then back at Esalen December 15th through 18th and uh, more to come. Keep walking your walk, friends. Don't take any shit, but if you do, do it with grace. Grace.